welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Today is a special day in our house. It is the one-year birthday of our dog, Gus. Like many families around the world, we adopted a dog during quarantine, largely because we needed something to do, a little quarantine project, but also because for the first time in many years, our family was at home and had the time and energy and resources to help uh, sleep train and potty train a new puppy. Both Rob and I grew up with dogs. I always had a, a golden retriever by my side from when I was a very young child until I graduated from high school. And Rob's family actually raised Chinese Sharpei. So Rob grew up with lots and lots of dogs, sometimes as many as 20, some of whom were in the house, some of whom were out back in kennel runs. But his family has a long history of breeding this particular kind of dog. He spent many summer vacations attending dog shows and his family was really committed to cultivating the health and well-being of a breed of dog that was the most endangered dog in the world in the 1970s. The Chinese Sharpei were originally from China and were bred to guard the royal palaces. They were kind of a symbol of the aristocracy. But during the upheaval and famine that followed the Cultural Revolution, many of the dogs were killed or you know, died of their own starvation. And so in the early 1970s, there were only a handful left in the world. And Rob's family um, was fortunate enough to have one of the first pairs brought over to the U.S. And so they've been an integral part of bringing this breed back to the world and in helping to ensure that these dogs are healthy and, and well. So when we had conversations about getting a dog, there really was no doubt what kind of dog we would get. I was really open, but I think Rob's had such a long history and long relationship with this kind of dog that this was just the kind of dog that he wanted. So those of you who don't have access to Google right now, Chinese Sharpei are the wrinkly dogs. They have really wrinkly, squishy faces, super adorable, very cute, very loyal and very guard oriented. Having a dog has brought a lot of delight to our whole family. This is the first dog that our children have had. It's the second dog that Rob and I have had as a couple. Um, we had a dog, another Sharpay, very early on in our marriage. But when we started having babies of our own, I was finishing graduate school, Rob was starting companies, it felt like too much to be able to take good care of her. So she went back to live with my mother-in-law in sort of Sharpay luxury. And we just haven't felt like we've had the time and attention to really love a dog well until the, I guess, unexpected and inadvertent silver lining of the quarantine. From a mental well-being perspective, there are, of course, lots of benefits of having a dog. The presence of a pet in a household has been tested pretty extensively, actually, something that um, scientists really like to research. And it's associated with decreased blood pressure, decreased cholesterol, and a decreased sense of loneliness. Pets really provide very meaningful sense of companionship and connection. 
owning a pet, a dog specifically, tends to decrease levels of depression. It also increases really positive things like increased opportunities for exercise and outdoor activity. You got to get the dog out. You got to walk the dog. And of course, increased opportunities for socialization. There's a whole uh, world that exists at the dog park that we're now learning about. And of course, there's a whole world of dog lovers who will stop and chat with you because they are interested in your dog or your dog wants to sniff their dog. So it can be something that connects people as well as connects owners to their pet. It has been a particular gift for me as a parent to watch our dog with our children. Our kids are almost 15 and almost 11, so they're, you know, they're older kiddos. And I think having a dog has been this beautiful invitation for them to be just unabashedly affectionate. It's baby talk. It's cutesy voices. It's these, you know, kind of awkward adolescents just lavishing love on this creature that lavishes it right back. And I think in a time in their lives developmentally, as well as a time socioculturally in the context of the pandemic, when social relationships are a little bit tricky, there's just not friends coming and going and their social connections are more challenging and more frayed than they've been in other periods in their lives. This incredible season of being able to feel this deep connection and just lovely bubbling over affection has been extremely, I think, great for them. And it has meant that they're a little bit more willing to help out than I thought, right? I think sometimes families get dogs and think, oh, this will help teach the kids responsibility. And of course, that almost never works out. But in this case, our kids have been willing to walk the dog around the block. They've been willing to clean up after him. They are invested in taking care of him because there's a, there's a deep sense of love and affection and connection. I know lots of people have dogs, so this isn't um, sort of a radical idea or a novel concept to probably any of you. But I will say for us that it, for much of our life together as a family, it's, it was very difficult to think about having a dog, to think about one more thing to take care of, to think about how we would organize care for the dog when we travel. We travel quite a bit. Even the the added cycles of cleaning up after an animal, keeping the house clean, one more set of, you know, doctor's visits and appointments to keep up with. I think Rob and I are also really clear that when we take on that responsibility, we're, we're kind of all in. It means whatever it means in terms of what the dog needs. And so for us, I think it was wise to not have a dog until we really felt like we had the bandwidth and time and space to be really present, enthusiastic dog owners. And now that we have him, I can't imagine not having him. He's silly and sweet and delightful and adds a, a lightness to our household that I think we're all really hungry for. He sleeps on my feet and snores horribly, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really bother me. I'm just happy that he's there. He's protecting us and the neighborhood from the devilishness of the UPS driver and the army of squirrels that is, of course, at any moment threatening to invade and take over the world. He's got our backs on that. I think he's helping all of us to be more patient, to have a little bit more time for cuddles and affection and silliness, and to get out for some long walks every day or two. According to my 10-year-old, here are the three perks of having a dog in your life. Hi, uh, I am official, the son of the host of this podcast, and 
I will now example three things I love about having a dog. Number one has to be just the raw power and personality of a dog. They're traditionally wild hunters and pack animals, but even in domestic dogs, they example such vitality and preservation that I think it is just amazing to see that raw feeling right there in a dog. Number two is the unending love of a dog. Animals, especially domestic dogs, they bond. That's maybe one of their purposes. They bond with the people and animals around them. And they have so many different types of interactions, especially with their amplified feelings and senses that they are truly a lovable companion to spend a lifetime with. Number three is the support and love of a dog, of a mental mindset and a growth mindset. I feel like spending time with an animal can really boost your features and amplify your joy by so much. It's just t totally amazing. It's like never been done before. And it is a different kind of relationship with an animal than you would find with a human or a partner or someone. So those are the three features that I find most noticeable and most lovable about a dog. So for those of you who are already dog or pet owners, take a minute to go and squeeze your furry buddy and thank them for their presence in your life, not just as a companion, but as someone who is really present to help deepen your sense of mental well-being, companionship, connection, and joy. And those of you who are considering becoming pet owners. Of course, it's a big, big decision and lots of work and lots of commitment. But from a mental health perspective, if you can pull it off, definitely do. In the world of entrepreneurship, there is, of course, a lot of complexity and a lot of responsibility. And a dog doesn't eliminate that, but does definitely counterbalance it with some lightness and play and delight. Our dog Gus is probably most bonded to me. And then secondly, most bonded to um, our 10 year old son, Fisher. And that bond happened because Fisher was the one last summer who volunteered to sleep with Gus. So as Gus was learning how to sleep all night and live in our household, Fisher was his nighttime buddy, his companion. And they have a bond that is truly, truly beautiful and special. So we'll end this podcast with Fisher describing a little bit about Gus and the relationship that he has. Gus is a Chinese Sharpei. He is traditionally bred to guard. And especially with the virus, he has been very paranoid to <laughs> just everyone that shows up at our door. He is like, yeah, it's like he's drinking a tube of toothpaste. He's just, he's so angry and disgusted. He's just looking out, what, our glass door, and he sees someone tromp up those stairs, and he is pissed off. Like, he is angry dog, which is... You're not painting, like, a really 
lovely picture of him. <laughs> why, why do you love this angry beast so much? Uh, uh, well, this is interaction with strangers, which is accept acceptable in my opinion. But yeah, he he is he is a guard dog, of course, and paranoid. But also lovely uh, when he's just trying to sleep and you scuttle into the room he's in and cuddle with him. And when he runs around and plays with the children and such. I think he examples uh, those three things I loved about a dog very close to his owners, at least. I think Gus really loves you specifically. I've never seen a, a guard-oriented dog be willing to lay on his back and extend his neck and let a kid just lay on him quite like Gus does with you. How did you get to be such uh, a close, trusted friend to Gus? Well, the first time we met Gus, we were actually going to pick up a litter of, well, we were looking at three Sharpay, just a few weeks old. So we had a road trip down to Kansas, I believe. And we met the owner at a Petco parking lot. And there was a little pen set up on a little grass platform where there were three little dogs inside. These three dogs had probably different personalities, especially thinking about it now. Number one was this very like interposing, rough, nippy, very energetic dog. And she was just jumping around constantly, playing. So she definitely exampled that joy and vitality. Number two was this very wrinkly, sad dog. He was cautious. They visually looked exampled sadness in features and he, he was very cautious and kind of an introverted dog and that's probably one of the only examples that I've seen that and then number three was Gus and I remember going into that little pen closing the gate behind me I just sat down and Gus just wormed his little way into my lap so in a way, Gus picked us. Happy birthday, sweet Gus. We are so happy that you are part of our family. We love you so much and can't imagine our lives without you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.